Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Elbasha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough, I am worthy, I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hey everyone, this is Hanan Basha, your host, and this is another amazing episode, as always, with amazing women from um, Empowered to Grow. So today I have my friend, I'd love to call her my friend, of course. We met by fate through one of the uh, coaching programs we were both enrolled in, and uh, we had a conversation and we just clicked. So Susanna Harkonnen. Hi, Susanna. Hi, Anna. <laughs> okay, so um, just to, to give you a bit of background about Susanna. Susanna is all about mental wellness and mental well-being within the corporate workplace. So she's been working with um, understanding over the years that she's had a lot of global jobs, and we're going to be talking a bit about that. She's witnessed or personally experienced how there were a lot of workplace issues and organizational cultures that actually promoted one thing over another and impacted overall mental wellness and well-being of the people working there. So her approach is based on solid science. She's also done her unique collage of um, soulful, holistic approach with that. She has a university degree, of course, in mental health. She's trained in positive psychology, cutting-edge neuroscience, which is also an intriguing field for me, executive coaching, effective management practices, and trauma which is really, really important to talk to someone who's qualified in that sense. Um, Susanna, in essence, she's passionate about people feeling better at work, right? That's right. <laughs> okay, so we start. The show is Empowered to Grow. What came to your mind when I sent you the message saying, Susanna, I launched my podcast, Empowered to Grow, and I'd love to interview you. What did that term, um, empowered to grow, that phase, a uh, phrase, sorry, um, mean to you? Well, you know, it, it clicks to with my whole philosophy, because one of the things that I have discovered with myself and with my clients is that we are often, we don't have that empowerment to move forward, to really make a difference. Mm -hmm. We may try different things and, and different approaches, and they don't, they don't really make an impact they don't really make a, a shift mm -hmm. and, and and it's that empowerment when you really dig into the roots of the uh, root causes of, of of the reasons why we don't move on that's when you can move on and that's when you can move on for real so you can actually heal things that are that are in your past and and um become something you know that you really want to be sure which is which is yourself yeah which, which is in connection of why we were talking just before the show about trauma and why, you know, you need to be qualified to help people because if they're traumatized in their past, then it becomes a major block for them. They just actually, they, they shrink rather than thrive during those times or during the times you're trying to push them for growth. They can't. They've exactly. got a roadblock. Exactly. Okay. So, well, you've empowered yourself to grow. I know we've spoken about this before and you've had your own unique way of doing it. So tell us a bit about yourself and your story, your own empowerment to grow path. <laughs> well, 
Well, the reason why I'm so passionate about workplace well-being was that um, I've always been interested in human human psychology and, and, and just human beings, basically, and, and, and healing and, and um, you know, all things, all things that empower us to grow. <laughs> Um, I have a business degree. I had a master's degree in business administration. And, and when I first graduated, I went to work in the corporate world. And I was really shocked about the discrepancy between all those things that we had learned about management, leadership. Um, you know, it was like, it was, the, the discrepancy was so big that I had in my mind, like I just couldn't make sense of it because it had nothing to do with what I had learned. Yes. The abusive narcissistic leaders, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> rules that change all the time. The, the pecking order, the, the favoritism, the nepotism, the uh, name it. I mean, you know, all these things that you were not officially supposed to have, and they were like common occurrence. Exactly, that's the norm in corporate life. That's the norm in corporate life. But mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a as a university student or as a young person, you don't know. No. Nobody, if you have not been lucky enough to have people around you told you this, yes. you actually think that this is the way it works. And if you work hard, you will, you will get on and, and things will be good. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way, actually. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really shell-shocked. And, and I, I was unfortunately in a situation where uh, I, had a, I had a boss who was a, a full-blown narcissist. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of damage. Yes. And, um, and, and whoever, you know, those people who have experienced a narcissistic relationship, uh, especially in a position of power where yeah. that person has power over, over you in, in, uh, been there, in, done that. Yes. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know how toxic it, toxic it is and how like, like, um, when we are young and we're vulnerable, we don't really have tools to, to fight back or you can't even fight back. It's just mm -hmm. a, a no-win situation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so long story short, that was, that was how it all started. And then I got into a path of, of um, um, self-development exploration and I did a lot of, a lot of things um, as, uh, as a hobby for yeah. several years. Mm -hmm. And then I had a corporate job in China. I lived in China for several years and... Um, and run a company there and it was a very much of a hardship posting actually yeah i love being in i love being in china in many ways but there was also like it was a 24 7 job with no support mm -hmm. and in that particular job what i what i realized is that i need to start taking care of myself because otherwise this is not going to this is not going to end up it's well. not sustainable yeah no it's not sustainable you know in, in in the corporate world oftentimes for people you know when we are let's say we're 25 when we graduate from the university or maybe a little bit younger but let's say 25 uh and you start working and the next 10 years you just tend to work really hard and yes. do your best and then at 35 people people often realize that you know this is a dead end or this is not what i want to do or this is like i'm i'm giving my life away mm-hmm uh, and that's why, you know, often mental health also corresponds to that age. People yeah. who have mental health, uh, who want to work on their issues, it actually starts after 30 and especially after 35. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's that time. And I started reflecting a lot on this. And I was really, really lucky because I had a chance to um, be part of a volunteer organization, a volunteer counseling organization. Okay. I lived in China. And they gave a fantastic training. Great. Or being a counselor and then I started doing you know helping people on volunteer basis mm -hmm. 
And I kept hearing these amazing stories like of abuse and all, all sorts of things that, you know, like we all know happen. But when you hear those stories over and over again, it actually is quite, you know, quite real. real. Yeah. Yes. It was also very therapeutic because you said like, oh, I'm not alone. Yes, that's true. Because for what, a lot of us, what happens is that we don't, when we don't know the others are exp experiencing the same, it's not, we don't, we don't have that benchmark, basically, of what's the norm and what's not. So we think that we are in a unique position, and actually, we, we're often not. Um, and this is an interesting statistics, but according to one research, only 5% of organizations are healthy. Five. Wow. That's a worldwide. Yes. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So let's say if you are... Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but, but that, that actually makes so much sense because we also are not aware, or a lot of people are not aware of that, how your well-being and your wellness are across all the fronts of your life. And that is why there is the rise to a lot of abusive relationships. There are a lot of failed relationships. There are a lot of things because you you take it along you take that along the spectrum of your life yes and and work we spend i mean for those in corporate not not anymore but <laughs> but still a lot of people try <laughs> but but for those in corporate you spend the majority of your waking days and hours and and days of the week actually within the corporate atmosphere within that um setting and thus mm -hmm. it, it trickles down to everything else in your life so if only 5% of organizations of the world are concerned with, with their well-being and the wellness of their employees and literally their families, because they, they become families, then imagine what it means for the rest of the world. Yes, it's very true. Yeah. And you know, there's an interesting neuroscientific, neuroscientific aspect to this. It's not just some sort of a vibe, woo-woo thing, you know? Yeah, no. Uh, no, it actually, we actually feel it on our nervous system level. Mm -hmm. So when we are in a toxic organization, our nervous system reacts and, and it boils down to psychological safety. So if you're not psychologically safe, you're in a state of alert all the time. So all those people who work... <laughs> the sympathetic nervous system is always switched on. It's always switched on. Mm -hmm. And depending on the level of toxicity, you're either more or less turned on. Uh, so this is this is a really really important piece. It's it's a very basic piece, but we don't talk about it enough, you know. And 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 when when it comes to performance, when it comes to to um, corporate cultures, people don't really understand that this is this is really a really, really key piece to making uh, teams innovative, to be making people creative. Um, and you know, I can I can testify to this because I have been very very lucky recently after I've done my own empowerment work and, and, and um, you know, I have, I made a decision that I will not work in toxic environment. Mm -hmm. And I've been, and I, nowadays I work with different teams and, and in different settings. And I have been incredibly lucky, especially during the past year or so to work with teams that are healthy. Great. And it makes an amazing difference. Of course. When you don't have to watch for your back, when yes. you don't have to expect the backstabbing like as a norm, yeah. and you can it, it, it frees so much energy. You know, even if you know this consciously, I knew the theory, 
but I had hardly experienced that myself. So the difference between experiencing that, knowing it and experiencing it, it's like it opens your eyes and it's, I, I, it's something that I wish for everybody because it makes, it makes, it makes, it, it actually empowers us in ways that nothing else does. So for you on a personal level, so you're in China, you started getting the counseling training, you started, you know, going through the volunteer work and stuff. Where did your journey go after that? Or how did you say, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Oh, I will, for me, it was a revelation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had maybe selected my career path, the first career path for, you know, how we often do that when we're younger. Yeah. We select it for family reasons or expectations or we think that it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. I actually had my first degree in logistics and supply chain management. So, yes. Mine was in journalism and mass communication. And I was supposed to be a doctor because my father expected me to be a doctor. I became a doctor, just not in the same field. But (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) However, nothing nothing goes into waste in life. But that training has given me a certain rigor and, and like goal orientedness and that I may not have if I, you know, and, and it has given me a lot of good, good tools as well. Yeah. But anyway, so I was there in China and I said like, wow, this is like, it was really like coming home. Mm-hmm. And I liked what I was doing. So I decided to, to enroll myself in a, in a formal training program in a university and got a university degree in counseling psychology. That's great. Yeah, and after that, I, I moved on to, to help people around the world, especially in like improve workplace um, workplace well-being around the world for the uh, for the UN, oh, nice. the labor organization, which is part of the United Nations. Mm-hmm. And I did that for several years um, around the world, actually on five continents. So it was it was it was an amazing experience um, because it's um, you know you could really get a glimpse into workplace well-being and many many aspects of it. And after that, I, I decided to, to go on and, and uh, work for myself and, and work more on the therapy side of things. And uh, here we are. Here we I've been are. quite a few years now, so it's, it's, um, it's a really, really um, rewarding job. And I love working with the clients that I have. That's great. That's amazing. So now that you've gone through the journey from where you stand now, what advice would you impart on your 20-year-old self? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I go through the first question and then we go back again. <laughs> um, I would probably, probably advise my, my 20-year-old self never to be afraid of tackle any issue heads on. No issue is too difficult. Yes. You know, life is about struggle. Life is about complications. But anything and everything can be overcome. It's not always easy. It's not always straightforward. It's not always fast. Um, I have, you know, I have like all, everybody who has done any kind of personal development works that it, like, it doesn't happen in a, in a weekend workshop or 10-day retreat. Mm-hmm. You may get tools, but it doesn't, the real shift doesn't happen that way. It takes time. Yeah. But anything can be overcome. So I would, I would encourage, um, uh, I would encourage um, maybe 
just having faith in the process and, and, and being brave. Yes. You know, knowing that, knowing that there is this better outcome if you just not even apply yourself if you um, if you're not afraid to to go there. True, true. Yeah. What really makes us what I've noticed over the years is that it's the avoidance part when we try to avoid our reality when we don't accept our reality the way it is. That's when when we get stuck. We wanted wanted to be so badly something different. Yeah. Uh, and and we can create it in a different way. It's just that you still can't run away from whatever's happening now. It still needs to be tackled. It needs yeah. to be broken down, um, not tackled as one big block because we only see, we are being conditioned to see the roadblocks, but, but actually, you know, shattering down to movable pieces and then you can sort it out and whether you still want to go down that path or kind of take, take a detour, then that's up mm -hmm. to you. But, but you can't avoid, you can't take the detour without going through the roadblock first. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Mary Furlio, I believe, has the, uh, the phrase, everything is figured, figure outable. Yes. <laughs> Which in essence is that, but, but we're, we're not taught that we're, we're not conditioned in that way growing up. Um, it's, it's just like, you know, if this is too hard and, and I think we, we even, we've, we, it's been done to us as children. It's like, you know, if that's too hard, it's okay. Move on, mm -hmm. do something else. You know, you don't have to figure this out. You don't have to take on this sport if it's too hard for you. No, I mean, do you love it? It's like going from, from a different perspective. Do you have passion for it? Is this what you really yeah. want to do? Find a way to do it. Yes. Then that is the other perspective change or perspective shift that we need to make as well. Yes. So then we go the other way. From a future time capsule, <laughs> what would you like your 90-year-old self to thank you for today? I would like I would like her to tell me that uh, to keep um, I had the French phrase in my mind, I live with the French speaking area, which is garder le cap, which is when you have a goal, you know, like it's it's on, if you're on a boat and you're yeah. going to your one place, you know, you just keep a steady this destination, course. keep going towards the destination. Yeah, exactly. And I think that right now I've really found the path, my, 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 my passion and my, my path. Mm -hmm. And I do want to be, I do my, I want, I want <clears throat> workplace well, wellness, well-being to be the new norm. Mental wellness at work needs to be the new norm. We cannot go on like this. It, it's too, too toxic and too uh, damaging for so many people. And I think that what has happened recently in the, during the past couple of months actually is going to help us in this direction because so many people have, have realized that this is not working for them. Great. Not the current thing. So your 90-year-old self is going to thank you for staying on course. Yes. Yes. Right. So you're on a stage. You're, you're the advocate for all of that, uh, workplace, well-being, wellness. You're a stage, you're on a stage, you're addressing tens of thousands of women. And it's all about being empowered to grow. 
in your way? What would be the, the message, the final message you would leave them with? Trust yourself. I love that. Mm. We do have all the answers inside of us. And this has been repeated by so many people in the past. Sure. But we do have this tendency to trust courses or gurus or teachers or books. And sometimes there might be a glimpse of truth in those things. Or they, you, know, you may come, come across a really good, really good teacher or a therapist or somebody who can, who can push you in the right direction. But by and large, we do not give enough space to our own intuition and, and that, that inner knowing. And you know from the, from the Heart Math Institute, what they're saying is that your heart actually sends more signals to your brain than vice versa. That's true. That's true. So your heart really knows. Your gut really knows. And, and your, your gut is actually the second biggest nervous system within your body. It has the most neurons. So your gut literally can tell you what's happening. <laughs> literally knows. So it, it's, it's a really good thing to start listening to your body and, and learning. If you don't know how to do that yet, just learn it. It's a learning curve, little by little. And, and you will reach a place where your, your body will actually tell you what the right thing is to do. Because you're also, then you're also asking them to go against or to recondition themselves from you know growing up and being told that you can't do this you shouldn't do this you don't know how to do this no trust it you can and trust yourself trust it yes you as you said there are gurus out there there are people who've been doing it and yes you can stand on the shoulder of giants but you don't have to become another imitation of them and that exactly. i think is is one of the things that draws back a lot of people and holds them back that they don't they're scared to be authentic because of the acceptance on the other side of, of the, you know, the external validation versus that internal gratification is a lot more valid than the external validation. Exactly. And I think, I think that for women all over the world, you know, I've seen women in, in we are all this, you know, essentially all the same. <laughs> yes, true. And we do have a tendency to, to overextend ourselves, yes. regardless of the culture. And then there's, of course, the cultural conditioning that comes into play in many, many parts. Or I might get to say all parts of the world. You know, I come from, from, uh, from Scandinavia, and, and actually uh, people often think that it's, it's a haven for... For, um, for women. <laughs> women. Maybe we have certain things that are better than others, but quite frankly, it's... it's, it's it's not a haven by any chance. So there's cultural conditioning there as well. So I, I would really encourage all women to, 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 to learn to go into, like I said, like just go back into that, that knowing, because we do have that knowing inside of ourselves. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. When you connect with that, it's, 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 it's beautiful. Yes, true. And then you can give more to others. When you are connected with that, in that, with that, vibe one can say it's it's and you can give more to others for sure that's true. that's true so it was beautiful thank you for your pearls of wisdom and as of course and all the everything that is related to empower to grow if um people want to reach out or want to listen to more of you where can our listeners find you in i call it virtual space where can they find you in virtual space they can find me in uh linkedin 
under inner work. Okay. You know, I-N-N-E-R, and then work. Uh, <clears throat> or my website, which is innerwork.world. Nice. I'll put the links anyway in the, in the show notes, so they will be there. Zana, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your energy and everything. I love talking to you. I love talking to you. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this is another amazing episode for Empower to Grow, Love, Abundance, and Prosperity to you all. Thank you for listening to the Empower to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empower to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananubasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.